Hello and welcome to the ETOF 21 Sports Podcast for this lovely Labor Day, September 7th. How is everyone doing today? My name is Eric, the man behind ETOF 21 Sports. You can find my work at ETOF 21 Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Yes, I am posting more TikTok videos. The grind is real, people. Sometimes, as a better, it just comes together. And yesterday was one of those days. I mean, plus 40.177 UROI. All bets were half unit to four units risk. I mean, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I doubt anyone is putting up those numbers. And I put a lot of time, a lot of effort into the research for my bets. I have spreadsheets. I have a list of minor league players. I saw a lot of people when Orioles made the switch to the to the kid pitcher. Everyone was like, "Oh, I'm out because they switched their their pitcher." Well, you got to know the farm system. I have a spreadsheet with notes of pitchers in every MLB team. So that's like how I know when a pitcher I have notes on that I have a note that says, "Hey, when this guy's up, I want to bet he's there." And you guys have to remember these MLB teams, they don't have much film or data on these young pitchers coming in. So a lot of times there's going to be value, and there is huge value on the Orioles yesterday. Orioles and the Tigers, they're playing some pretty decent baseball, and they got some good young pitchers. So the value on those teams is just astronomical, and it just blows me away how people don't realize it. Swept the NBA board. I mean... If you guys aren't down and following the picks, and the picks are free right now. It's not like I'm charging. I mean, you seriously have the question, what the hell are you doing? But anyway, which brings me to this. Um, as of Thursday, stuff is going to be charged. Yes, I know it sucks, but it's just at that point. NFL is my top game, and I put a lot of research in it. So picks are going to be start being charging. I had a lot of people say, hey, I want to join the team. I was going to limit myself to only 25, but due to popular demand, I'm going to open up a couple more spots. All package details can be found on the front page at etof21sports.com. So if you're interested, go there, look at the package details, just tell me which package you'd be interested in, and then we can start the process, and I'll do my best to work with you guys. Also on top of that, the draft guide is up. A lot of people don't know this about me. I have finished top 15 in the Millionaire Maker twice, uh, or should have won it one year, um, Doug Baldwin took a pass that was intended for Curse for Seattle, if Curse catches that, I would have won the Millionaire Maker, so I have finished third, eighth, and 15th in the Millionaire Maker, pretty good, um, and like, when you guys do this DraftKings stuff, I'll, actually, I'm going to save that thought. So um, all my rankings are there, the offensive line rankings. I'm a huge offensive line, position rankings, and how I attack the draft. All that's in the draft guide. And, you know, I put a lot of time in that, so make sure you look into that. Fantasy-wise, all my rankings every week are going to be free. They're going to be up at ETOF 2-1 Sports. And it'll go position by position, you know, my rankings and everything. If you guys have any questions, hey, I'm always free. To, I'm always here. If you guys have any fantasy football questions, not ask away, you know, I'll be more than happy to help you guys, draft questions, DFS questions, everything, the picks, not really the picks, but the rankings will be 
be there free. Now, let me jump into the DFS stuff. Now, how I do DFS, that's a little bit different, I think, than other people because I really haven't asked people like what they do when it comes to I just kind of do my own thing. So what I like to do is I have spreadsheets and I just rank everybody. So I rank everybody. And um, then as the week goes by, I slowly dwindle those guys away. So if some guy's playing a team with a good defense, like for the season, I'll let you guys know I'm high on Baker Mayfield. But he's playing the Ravens defense on the road. So immediately, I'm not going to be as high in Baker Mayfield in the first week because of the matchup. So kind of stuff like that. So I would like take Mayfield off the list. And I keep chopping stuff away. And then I just keep building from there. Like I'll play around all guys I want to like make sure I'll, that I want to have in the league. And they'll kind of be like my core guys that I build all the way around. And when I do DFS... A lot of you guys need to understand the Millionaire Maker, they're, they're selling you guys a lotto ticket, and you should treat it like a lotto ticket. When I do the Millionaire Maker, it's one play. That's it. And then I do all 50-50 contests. And then I noticed, and it's kind of weird, the more expensive the contest, the lower your point total needs to be to win it, if that makes sense. So that's something interesting I found out last year. When I was able to go into the data of the, the stuff that was winning winning um, winning contest, I noticed that. So I started doing that. So once I started doing that, I started making more money. So that's kind of like my hint with DFS to you guys. Know your budget. Don't bust your load. And you guys have to have the mindset. I have the mindset like this. There's 17 weeks in the NFL season. Okay? If... I don't cash, if I cash 12 weeks, I lose money. If I cash 13 weeks, I break even. And if I cash 14 weeks, I'm very happy. So historically, I do pretty well. Last year, we cashed an insane 15 weeks, so it was very well. So that's kind of like how I look at the uh, DFS thing. You have to kind of look at it like betting. I know it's a little bit weird and a little bit different. And also, how can I say this? If you have a strong opinion on somebody, you have a strong opinion on someone, go for that. If someone says something, look at the trend. So last year, the big thing was Cardinals can't cover the tight end. And that was great for the first couple of weeks. But then when you have everyone there and saying it, you have, to, you have to circle off that. Because once everyone knows it, it's not really a trend you can take advantage of it. Because you're going to get the tight end against the Cardinals, who's going to be insanely overvalued. And you want to be out ahead of the curve in fantasy. You don't want to be chasing. And again, that's a mistake that a lot of people make. They chase. And if you're in the chasing game in fantasy, you're DOA. That's something you got to remember. Um, now, the big news of the weekend was obviously the unfortunate accident, what happened at the U.S. Open yesterday. When Novak Djokovic was pissed off because he lost the point, slammed the ball against against the backdrop, striking an official in the throat. So let's look at this. Number one, ESPN's coverage is a complete joke. I have no idea why Brad Gilbert is there. Talk about someone that completely has a job only because who he is. 
Brad Gilbert is there saying saying they should have monitors and saying the Lions judge stepped and then Djokovic didn't know. Okay, that's fine. I, I saw it. The official stood there. She did not move. Djokovic was pissed. I'm not saying he hit her in purpose, but the whole thing was he hit the ball and that's the rules, Bradley. So you need to shut up. I know you're trying to be the little man, the little ESPN Bill Raftery guy, but you, in my eyes, you bring no value at all to a broadcast. That's number one. Number two, Djokovic already has a bad rap as is. The whole thing with being basically the Tiger Woods of the ATP tennis core, cheating on his wife and everything, and now this, and he's trying to like quote unquote be a role model for the kids, doing all those parks, doing all this, all the uh, tennis camps, and um, rallying the troops, trying to get a tennis union, and you're trying to be the face of the sport, and you do that. He should know better. And now, I'm not making excuses for everything, but what the quote-unquote experts from ESPN didn't talk about is how mentally grueling these tennis tournaments can be. It is tough to go back-to-back at a tennis tournament. Historically speaking, the Cincinnati Western Southern Open is in Cincinnati, week off, and then the U.S. Open. Djokovic played that whole week, couple days off, then had to play the U.S. Open. So mentally, he's done. Someone like Djokovic is such a highly strong, high-tuned athlete that he just had a brain fart and did something he shouldn't have done. And this is going to haunt him for the whole time. He absolutely should be DQ. And the fact that that girl isn't seriously de- hurt is amazing. Um, the kid from Canada was playing uh, yesterday. I'm spacing on his name. He got pissed off. He hit a, he hit a judge in the eye. I mean, when you have these players that are supposed to be role models and they slam tennis balls when they lose, how is that going to affect the younger generation? Roddick used to do this shit all the time, and I was on him for this. If these guys act like fools, it's on the line judge's responsibility or the chairperson to code them. If you slam a ball and act like a bitch, you should be reprimanded. Djokovic should be recommended. And the fact he does this all the time in his matches, hitting balls, and nobody's ever done anything, I mean, when you really think about it, it was only a matter of time till something like this happened. So, as professionals, as role models that kids look up to, you can't act like a freaking moron, because when kids see the people they look up to do stuff like that, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to mimic that behavior. So now you're going to have kids, oh, Djokovic does it, so I can do it. So what the hell? I mean, he's in a tough spot, and his reputation probably is going to take a lot to repair. I mean, can you imagine being his PR person right now? I mean, how much is his sponsorship going to happen, going to decline? I mean, that's a tough spot for him to be, be in, and he's always never been in that tier of likable guys like Nadal and Federer. So it's... It's definitely going to be uh, be interesting to see what happens to him next. I mean, honestly, he should probably do a press conference with the official, try to help help pay all our medical bills and do that, and just try to save face as much as he can. But the fact he didn't initially do a, a press conference and apologize, I mean, that is just freaking poor on his part. I mean, that's just really poor. I mean, the guy's an arrogant asshole. There's nothing new about that, but... At the end of the day, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Also, let's talk about the Bucks real quick. I mean, geez, Louise, when Giannis went down, 
all I saw was, hey, Buck's season is over. But people forget how good Chris Middleton actually is. And I will say, out of every Bucks game I've seen, and for those who don't know, I do have Bucks season tickets, so I go I go to about 20 games a year, and including playoff games. This is the most engaged that I've seen him in a while. And he was locked in, and he played great. Now, to the quote-unquote Skip Bayless and Kendrick, I'm right 90% of the times Perkins, Dude, Giannis is an MVP. He's a great talent. I mean, you guys are just saying these hot takes to get more likes and everything on Twitter, which I understand. And Kendrick Perkins, the fact you think you're right 90% of the time fucking amazes me. Because there's no way in hell you are right 90% of the time. No way. I've seen on Twitter some of your insanely ridiculous takes. And, I mean, I'm like pissing my pants with how bonkers they are. But anyway, let me retract. So, moving forward with the Bucks, I need to see more offense run through Middleton. Because the Bucks have this thing where they just give it to Giannis and they stand still. There needs to be Middleton at the top of the key running the pick and roll with Giannis, with Giannis cutting. Not dropping back for the three, but cutting. There also needs to be Giannis. Dude, just, just go on the post, kid. You know what I mean? You're bigger, you're stronger than anyone. People get fixated with this three-pointer and everything. Golden State Warriors, the three and everything. People forget the Golden State Warriors, they took the ball down low. They would drive to the hoop. Yeah, Steph and Clay pulled up a lot, but they would at least drive. And people tend to just kind of forget about that when they talk about the three ball that the Warriors used to do. So moving forward with the Bucks, Middleton, top of the key, more movement, more pick and roll, Giannis down below. I mean, honestly, I don't even know if he's going to play that ankle sprain. That that looked bad. And he wanted to go, but the Bucks wouldn't let him go. And then you got Mark Jackson and Stan Van Gundy. A lot of people don't know this about me. When I, when I listen to sports, I never have the sound on. Why do I never have the sound on? Because I don't want my narrative, my narrative, my personal narrative, my thoughts of what I'm seeing to be disruptive by the announcers pushing their narrative on me. Because at the end of the day, we all have narratives. We all have opinions on people, and we all think we're right. So I found once I turned off the sound and just trust my eyes and kind of was like taking notes on the game and kind of saying like my thoughts out loud to myself, my betting and my perception of sports and understanding sports, it got a lot better. So when you listen, but yesterday, for some reason, I had the sound on. And I mean, it was a quick 4 nothing by the Rockets. And, uh, oh no, by the, by, by, by the, um, what's, God, I'm spacing on the team. Um, with the Bucks just, by the Heat. And uh, Mark Jackson was, not the ideal start that the uh, Bucks wanted. No, no, no shit, dude. Way to, way, way to state the obvious, bud. And then, uh. Him calling out, saying Giannis should play, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it was kind of quite comical, the ludicrous stuff these guys say. And, like, when you just kind of sit back and you hear it, you're like, no shit. Or, like, dude, what the, what the hell are you thinking? So, I don't know. It was, it was kind of interesting, that, but it is what it is. Um, 
but yeah, we got a great day today. You know, I'm not going to take a lot of you guys' time because it is the holiday season. Just a reminder that memberships do start off on Thursday. Great game day today. We got that Navy BYU game tonight. We got the clip joint versus the Nugs. I love this Nuggets team. Love it. And I would love to get a 10 out there. Uh, we're already investing the first half under of both games. We got the Selks wraps today, which I'm looking forward to that. We also have horse racing throughout the day. We got US Open going right now. We got our girl Azarenka, that future's still barking at 20 to 1. Um, NFL starting on Thursday. It was just a great day of sports. We got MLB. It looks like there's going to be no MLB action today. Sometimes the best bet is the sometimes the best bet is no bet. Um, oh yeah, one more quick thing. One more quick thing before I sign off. So I'm trying to find US Open today. And I'm flicking around, and I get to uh, ESPN2, because that's where it's supposed to be. And um, whatever show Greeny's hosting now, I don't even know the name of it. Breaking news, Dolphins to start Fitzpatrick. No shit. This is my problem with ESPN, and why I don't watch these idiotic sports shows. Because they're trying to push this narrative that Tua is all this in a bag of chips and he's going to save the franchise, blah, 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 whatever. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure Tua's a great kid. I'm sure he's a great guy. But let's look at facts. Facts number one, he's undersized. Fact number two, he's left-handed. What all these quote-unquote ESPN experts don't understand, when you're left-handed, your play design has to be different. The ball comes out of the quarterback's hands. Number three, he's from Alabama. Okay? Alabama, the routes that they run at Alabama aren't nearly as sophisticated as they are in the NFL. Okay? Number four, at Alabama, he had the best talent in the world. This Dolphins offensive line is, I have it graded toward the bottom of the NFL, if not the worst. So putting the young quarterback, you look what happened at Carr in Houston, putting a young quarterback behind a bad offensive line is some of the worst things you can do. And we haven't even talked about the fact he has a hitch in his motion. So you factor all those things in. All those things in. And you're telling me that guy should be the starter in Miami when Fitzpatrick's best years have been been in the Chan Gailey offense. I mean, that's just the... Another thing of these sports, quote-unquote, experts pushing their narrative and looking at a name and not the whole facts. And that's what I try to do, and that's why I'm trying to let you guys know. There's Sports goes deep, and there's a lot to look at if you just look at the player and not the name in the front or the back. Actually, here's this is what I did when I looked at Tua. I took a picture of Tua throwing a ball a video of Tua throwing the ball next to a video of Burrow and Jordan Love throwing the ball. And tell me that he's throwing the ball with the same speed and velocity of those two. He's not. Well, anyway, that's it for today. Have a great show. Stay safe. Wear your mask. Don't drink too much. And enjoy this lovely weather because I'm sure it's going to be snowing in no time. Stay safe, guys.